institutions to God's instructions. At the time of this recording, it is the day before Passover 2020. The Most High is doing great things whereof we're glad. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And I agree, Daddy. Since we've been celebrating Passover, I've learned something new each time. It causes me to feel that much more grateful for all that Yeshua has done. Me too, Mama. To our listeners, you can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Play. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And shalom to our listeners in Indiana and New Zealand. Amen. So, Passover is tomorrow, and we're really excited. It is such a joy to know what's on the Father's mind right now, and to have the will and the opportunity to line up with His calendar. I can't imagine living the way we used to, indifferent to the holy times our Elohim has set, and reinventing one or two of them to men's specifications. I feel the same way. His holy times are a delight to me. I love everything about them, especially their focus on Yeshua. Mm -hmm. I understand that many believers see them as Jewish observances, and I'm glad that Elohim opened up our eyes to see what was already there, that they were His feasts, according to Leviticus 23, verse 2. I know I've read that verse before, but somehow I just didn't get it. These times were set by Him, And he claims them as his. Amen, Mama. Now, because they are his, and we are in covenant with him, that makes them ours too, right? That's right. So we have a right and an open invitation as honored guests to celebrate them. I want every believer to know the freedom that comes from following Elohim's instructions. Mm -hmm. It's not that we have to celebrate. We get to celebrate. And we actually know the reason why we're celebrating. Now that we know, we need to prepare for the Father's celebrations. So, how do we prepare for this one, Mama? Well, according to Elohim's instructions in Exodus 12, verse 15, part B, it says, On the first day we should put the leaven out of our homes. Now, some say that this is where the practice of spring cleaning came from. However, Through studying Jehovah's Word in the Old and New Testaments, we have learned that there's definitely more to it. It was part of Yah's plan of salvation, and Yeshua played an intricate part. But more on that later. Other preparations include getting a supply of unleavened bread. The covenant people were instructed to eat unleavened bread for an entire week after Passover. At times, I've heard Jewish people joke about the potential effects of eating too much matzah. Let's just say it's a good idea to drink plenty of water during the week of unleavened bread. Mm -hmm. Now, on the surface, this instruction about eating unleavened bread may seem trivial. For those of us who know Elohim's ways, we know that there is a world of meaning below the surface. We'll get to that shortly as well. The first mention of unleavened bread is in Genesis chapter 19, verse 3. Jehovah sent two angels to Sodom to assess whether or not he should destroy it. When they arrived, Lot invited them to stay with him and not dwell in the streets overnight. 
After much urging, the angels yielded to Lot's request and went to his home, where he fed them a feast with unleavened bread. Mm. As in the first Passover, in which the tenth plague caused the death of the firstborns of the Egyptians, in Sodom there was a plague outside of Lot's home, the wickedness of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the plague did not come into Lot's dwelling. This time, Jehovah plagued the plague. Mm. Miss, that's an interesting comparison between the destruction of Sodom and the Passover. Both stories involve sheltering in place to avoid a plague that's going on outside. In addition, both involved unleavened bread. Exodus 12 gives instructions for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We are to eat unleavened bread for seven days. We are to get rid of leaven in our homes. The first and seventh days are high Sabbaths. There should be a holy gathering and no work is to be done on those days. Now remember, a high Sabbath is not necessarily on the seventh day, and a high Sabbath is typically in Jehovah's holy times. Unleavened bread was the first of three pilgrimage feasts when all the men were instructed to appear before Elohim. In Exodus 34:24, Elohim promised to protect the worshippers' homes and their land while they were coming to Jerusalem. That's a blessing. Yeah, it sure is. Verse 25 continues with Elohim's instruction to not offer the blood of his sacrifice with leaven. Although leaven was an agent used to make bread rise, in a spiritual sense, leaven can represent sin. When one cleans their home, they may vacuum the rug, mop the floors, and wipe the baseboards. Perhaps they'll remove the cushions from the couches or so they can find lost toys or an abundance of crumbs. My point is, when we clean up, we find things. And when we search our hearts and our practices to see if they're pleasing to our Elohim, we find things too. When Jehovah says he does not want us to offer leaven with his blood sacrifice, he is saying we need to start over. Mm -hmm. His blood sacrifice is what we needed to be new and right with him. Now that we are because of Yeshua, we need to keep the leaven out. So getting the leaven out is not just about cleaning our homes. It's also about examining our lives and being sure that we're getting and keeping the sin out. Before partaking in the communion ordinance, we're instructed to search ourselves for leaven. Knowing that communion is modeled after the Passover meal, how much more should we search ourselves at this time? Like you, I know firsthand that some people are just not easy to engage with. But, you know, that's their decision to be hard to engage with. But as believers, we decide to simply lose the leaven. Mm -hmm. So what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill? and take spiritual leaven into the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Or would you take the red pill and aggressively dispose of the leaven of sin and be holy as He is holy? Only you can answer that question. Matthew 5, verses 21 through 24 tells us to reconcile with offended persons 
before sacrificing. Now, if they won't hear you, follow the process in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. Don't leave leaven in your own heart and don't leave leaven in your circle of influence. First Corinthians 5 tells us that Paul heard that there was sexual immorality among the believers. Freaky stuff that even Gentiles know better than a Jew. Mm. The saints in Corinth were proud and not sorrowful over the sin. Paul admonished the saints to get rid of that sinner for his own good and for yours, and that they should purge out the old leaven and be a new lump, because Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. In verse 8, he continues that for, re- for that reason, let us keep the feast. Which feast? Unleavened bread, of course. Amen. Not with the old leaven of sin, but without leaven, in sincerity and truth. Amen, Mama. According to Matthew 16, 11 through 12, leaven is also bad doctrine or bad teaching. Now, not all teaching is good teaching. That's why at Red Pill Torah, we always ask about the Berean thing. Read the scriptures for yourself and research the teachings that you hear. It is your responsibility to determine whether or not the things you are taught are actually true. Mm -hmm. The Feast of Unleavened Bread reminds us to consume only the true teachings of our true Lord. As John 6, 30 through 58 tells us, Yeshua is the bread of life which came down from heaven. We must hear him and only those things that align with his instructions. Remember, Yeshua's instructions align with the Father's instructions, and contrary to popular belief, Paul's teachings actually line up with Yeshua and the Father's instructions. So, Tim, regarding the Feast of Unleavened Bread, you're saying that Yehovah wants us to remember to eat nothing but Him, learn no doctrines but His, get rid of sin, and follow His instructions? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And he gave us this feast to help us remember what an awesome Elohim we serve. Well, Daddy, the next appointment, appointed time with the Father is First Fruits. And this year, that will be on April the 12th. Leviticus chapter 23, verses 9 through 14 says, Elohim spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and tell them, When you come into the land I will give you, and you reap the harvest, you will bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He is to wave the sheaf before Jehovah, so that you will be accepted. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. Also, offer a one-year-old male lamb without defect, a gallon of fine flour mixed with olive oil, and one quart of wine. You are not to eat bread or grain until the day you bring the offering for Elohim. This is a permanent ordinance throughout your generations, no matter where you are. Wow. For more about how Yeshua, the first fruits, made us acceptable to Elohim, see Colossians chapter 1, verses 18 through 22. Leviticus 23, verse 11, is why first fruit is always on a Sunday, because... It is the day after the Sabbath. 
This makes the Sunday after Passover holy, not Easter. Mm-hmm. Easter is man's attempt to ride the coattails of the holiness of first fruit. To rename it Easter or even Resurrection Sunday is to tell your God you prefer the name of a pagan God or some man's invention over his instructions. That seems to break commandment number two. Don't have any other gods before me. Saints, please. Now that we know, let's not do that. He gave us his holy days for a peek into his plan of salvation and a sign of good things to come. So let's celebrate the times he made for us. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 23 says, Now the Messiah is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those who died. Since death came by man, by man came the resurrection of the dead. For, like Adam, everyone dies. Even so in Christ will all be made alive, but every man in his own order. Messiah is the first fruits after him, his people at his return. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we've shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.